Welcome. This is Kareem Kanji, host of Welcome with Kareem Kanji. You can find this podcast on kareemkanji.com. And you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and Stitcher. Just search for Welcome with Kareem Kanji. If you could subscribe, rate, and review, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate it. I would be forever in your debt. Today, on the podcast, we have two of the funniest and nicest people that I have spoken with in recent memory. Chris Siddiqui, that name might be familiar to those of you who listen to CBC Radio. He is on a bunch of the comedy shows there. As well as Nigel Downer. Both Chris and Nigel have put together an awesome show that you can find on CBC Gem here in Canada called Bit Players. It's also playing on Amazon Prime in the US and in the UK. Here is my conversation with Chris Siddiqui and Nigel Down. Hey, Kareem. Chris. How are you, man? I'm well. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Hold on. Nigel just got here. Oh, great. Here we go. There he is. Hey. He's on mute. Yeah. Hi, guys. There we go. <laughs> how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Is that a Miles Morales hat already? No, this is a this is a Black Manta hat, but it's a Miles Morales hoodie, bro. Oh man, it begins! <laughs> like, listen, dude, listen. That's I mean, it, I can't I can't drop a huge bomb like that via Twitter and then not come with it. You know what I mean? That's of true. Course. It's true. It is true. Of course, Chris, where where are you? You you look cold. I'm actually just really in my bedroom upstairs, but I have this bed sheet, you know. When I have to do Oh, well, it's also because I have my window open because I hope this is okay. I'm just finishing a little dube. Sorry, Kareem. It's It's my pre-bedtime dube before I put my son to bed and then I put him to bed and then I have my post-bedtime Zoom. Okay. Dube, I mean. Dube. (laughs) I was like, how many Zooms you got tonight, dude? Holy moly. Like, like, slow down. Nigel's, Nigel's judging already, eh? Oh, dude. I mean, Chris knows. Chris knows. I'm I mean, used to it, man. We were on a show about it, man. How you doing, Kareem? I'm doing well. I'm, I just realized it's it's you who's on Because News all the time, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. I said, Chris Siddiqui. Chris, where do I know that name from? But then I go, wait a second. I've heard other people say your name. That's right. <laughs> that is awesome. And congrats. I saw your head get blown off in the boys. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was a real noteworthy <laughs> getting shot in the face, man. That's... But I, I, I tried to remember because I remember seeing it. I go, oh, I'm, I'm interviewing him later on. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've like I've seen I finished watching that. I've I'm on my uh, last season of The Wire. I know I'm late to this sh- late to that show. Oh, yeah. yeah you're yeah. very late to that show, man. Yeah, I am. I am. But, but it's uh, worth it though, right? Like, I mean, uh, dude, even though you're late, it's, it's great, right? It is, it is, a, it's, it's so good because it's so, I don't know, because it's so raw. Like everything looks so real. I honestly think it's the best TV show ever made. Like a lot of people say that. I think, and just because I remember watching the very first time, my wife was like, you got to watch the show. That's why, and she started rewatching it with me. We watched the first episode and I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. 
Yeah. And it takes you a few episodes to just fall in line. But what I loved about it is that it really made that world seem like it was going on without us with or without us watching it. It was still happening. Omar was still there and, yeah. And, and who Avon Barksdale was still running the game and everything. And we just happened to tune in. We just happened thing. to like get a glimpse into Baltimore. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is. Well, it is. I, I have family lives in Baltimore, so I, I've seen it before. Oh. It's all accurate. It's all accurate. <laughs> pandemic, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all accurate. <laughs> that is crazy. Is it like, is it really like they talk about? Yeah, that happens. I mean, no, not not to that extent. But I mean, Baltimore is is pretty is pretty grimy, man. Like it's pretty. Uh, now, listen, I can't speak for it in 2000, uh, 2020 yeah. Baltimore, but um, last time I was there, it, it's yeah, it, it's it's pretty rough. It's pretty. Amsterdam rough. was based off a real thing in Baltimore, wasn't it? I, th- I believe so. I yeah. believe so. Somebody but I mean, like it's, a court reporter, I think, started the show or something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's 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 like any other major city it's got it's like you know it's got its hood spots and it's really you know rough neighborhoods and then it's got it's really nice like the downtown core is pretty nice on the water is beautiful um so but yeah but then it it gets you know it can get pretty uh pretty sketchy yeah and they don't mind killing off people in that show like like no one's off limits it seems i got one season left so don't spoil it don't give me any spoilers but it's like have you seen have you seen the sopranos Never. Okay. So, um, okay, cool. So I'm not spoiling anything, but it's like at the end of every season, it's just like that thing where the last episode, you're like, how are they going to wrap up all of these episodes? Like, let's say there's eight episodes or 10 episodes in a season. How are they going to wrap up everything they've just built in the first, in the, in the last nine episodes in an hour in the 10th episode for the season. And yeah. every time they come with it, like Sopranos does the same thing where it's just, you just lose your mind and then you just have to wait for the next season, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, thank, thank goodness for, uh, like, things like Netflix and, and, of course, CBC Gem, where you could, like, just sit down and just binge. Yeah. And watch till you're too tired to watch or, you know, until a season finishes. So are you a binge guy then? Is that your jam? Like, you prefer to watch it? It depends. It? it depends. So yesterday I binged two things. I binged all of your show yesterday. In a day? Yeah, I watched everything yesterday. Awesome. I mean, our and, show is kind of built for that. So. Yeah. And then I finished watching the second last season of The Wire. I think I did three episodes. Um, so yeah, so it, w- it was a late, it was a late night <laughs> for, for me, for sure. But uh, what are you, are you guys watching anything during this pandemic? Or, or what are you guys binging? Chris, I know you're, you're busy as a dad, I guess. Busy as a dad? But I got a 10-year-old, so I'm not that oh, busy. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm doing this. Well, I put on a movie for him. So, I mean, <laughs> that's what happens when he gets 10. Uh, we, I watched uh, – I ripped through Raised by Wolves on HBO, and I keep twisting Nigel's arm to watch that because I think he would love it. Have you heard of this or seen no, this? No, no. It's amazing. It's like – you know how everybody talks about, you know, Lord of the Rings being high fantasy? I feel very much this is like high science fiction. Okay. It's executive produced by Ridley Scott. Yeah. It's by a guy who's written like two or three things. Actually, he wrote an old Denis Villeneuve movie, The Prisoner. Um, and then a couple things in between. And then he wrote this show and it's just been awesome. I don't even what, want to tell you anything. What's about. the show called again? 
Raised by wolves. Raised by wolves. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it it was it completely took me by surprise. Yeah. It was uh, very beautiful. Uh, other than that, you know what? I gotta. I'm. This is where people beat the hell out of me because I'm not the biggest TV watcher. Like I, I. I also haven't seen the last season of The Wire and I haven't seen Sopranos, you know, like these are show, I find there's such an investment. I'm a video game guy. So when I sit down and I play a video game, that's where my story comes from. So yeah. I have a lot to catch up on. Fair enough. Nigel, what about yourself? Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, obviously I got to get into this Raised by Wolf. Okay. I got to, I got to watch Raised by Wolves, but I'm watching, um, Look, I'm I'm the hero guy, so I'm the comics guy. So yeah. like uh, the boys has been like that's been my jam. Like once it comes out, it, it's it's just it's so like the boys is so good. And if there's so any good. comic book readers that are out there, if you're if you're listening, that's the kind of book that just blew up the 2000s because it, it's just so anti-hero and it's just so like okay, well, what if the Justice League was bad? Let's just do that. And a lot of books have done it, but this one's yeah. been one of the more successful ones. Um, obviously, it focuses around the boys, so that's that's been my jam. It's it's done very well. I don't know uh, why also, I didn't say that. I should have said that. I got my face shot off in that show. Wow, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, you didn't even say. Sorry, yeah. Nigel. Sorry, so, Nigel. Nice. So you're the comics guy. Is it? I, I never read the comic. I'm not a huge comic guy myself, but yeah, it does it hold true. Does the TV show hold true to the, to the comics? Yeah, I would say like a lot of uh, adaptations to uh, from comics to TV or to movie, they use a lot of the source material, which is very accurate, but it's the yeah. way that they use it may change. So sure. like, uh, like one of the main characters, Huey, he is actually modeled after Simon Pegg. Like, so if you read the book, it, yeah, really? Huey, Huey is drawn as Simon Pegg. So he's a little older. And then there's a couple other things that happen in it that Wait, are... Simon Pegg's the dad, his dad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That was their shout yeah. out to the book. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, that was their nod okay. to the book. So there's like little, exactly. So there's little things like that, right? That if you read the books, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the comics have, or a lot of the TV shows and, and movies have... Yeah given nod to it or whatever. So um so it, it's pretty it's pretty accurate, but like I said, there's they've moved some things around. Um so I love that show. Uh, I'm also watching Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm a big animation fan. I love my animation uh, shows. Okay. So that's on uh that's on Crave. Uh and it's just Lower Decks is about <laughs> it's about literally the lower decks of one of these uh starships. And it's like, what if you go like 32 decks below yeah. like the main, you know, the bridge? And it's just these like ragtag, there's like five main characters. It is so great. Like, yeah? it is, oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Okay. Because the stuff that you're thinking that you're laughing at right now is That's the stuff happens. that happens in the show. It's yeah. like, what if, you know, you know, what if Kirk takes a team down and then the team leaves, but they forget one person. And they're like, ah, do we really need that person? Or it's like, <laughs> or what if like, what if the ship's shields go down? Who's the person behind the button that Data would press to fix the shields? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's all those characters. So it's, uh, and then they have run-ins with their, you know, with their superior officers and stuff. And there's a bunch of nods to the original series. Uh, the voice acting is amazing. You know, shout out to Tani Newsom, who's, um, uh, she's an amazing, uh, actor and she's also a uh, uh improviser a singer um she was with second city chicago back in the day so she leads that and it's great and also jack quaid 
he's on that. And Jack Quaid, I believe, does he not play Huey in yeah. uh, in The Boys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just thought I'd bring it back around. Look at that. That is awesome. Perfect. Speaking of you, like animated, tell me your your fascination with Miles Morales. Oh, it, it's the idea that he's not. People will not describe him as, majority of people won't describe him as the black Spider-Man because he is so much more than just the black Spider-Man. He's that's more than the, thing, the color. Yeah, but, but yeah, 100%. And that's the thing that I love about him is that when I got on board with him in 2011, he was introduced uh, and um, it was the storyline of the death of Spider-Man, so the death of, uh, of Peter Parker. And he's introduced in this story and he's half black and half Hispanic. He's not the first Hispanic Spider-Man, okay? Because in 20, there's a Spider-Man from 2020, 2099. That's right. And he's, uh, I can't remember the character's name right now, but he's uh, the first Miguel, Hispanic. I think? Hispanic. Something like that. I think so, yeah. Anyways, the mixture of that, of that culture, of that dynamic that his mom and his dad have, Miles Morales' mom and dad, mm-hmm. is great on so many levels because Miles is coming from a very humble background. He's coming from a very humble place in, in New York. Uh, we're introduced to him as trying to um, uh, get into a, a, a school by lottery because he goes to just a public school. So he's okay. trying to get in. So they're in this, in this you know, um, in this gym of a school and they're doing this lottery thing to see if he can get into, I can't remember the name of the, the type of, of school it is where you have to put your name in by lottery. But anyways. Yeah. And that's a real thing, you know what I mean? So um, it's that, and it's, it's, it's this kid who is, you know, who gets these powers by way of his uncle, because his uncle's a thief, uh, in the ultimate version anyway. His okay. uncle's a thief, and he gets these powers, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be the next Spider-Man, wears something very similar to the Spider-Man costume. And people are like, yo, that's tacky, son. And nobody likes him. Everybody hates him because he's wearing something similar to Spider-Man. Spider-Man just died. So it's like they're Brian Michael Bennis, who's, who's the creator of them, and he he just and writer, he just came with something that was so fresh and so new, mm. and just made him so much more than just being a black Spider Man. Like it's it's his story is really fantastic. It's really great. If you get a chance. Yeah, I, the beauty I really... of, of Miles Morales too is that he's the second Spider Man. You know mm. what I mean? Like there hasn't been. There's been other Superman. There's been a, another Batman for a bit, but Miles is legit the second Spider Man ever. Yeah, I see what you're you saying. Know? Yes, so there's something big with that as well. You know, there's been many uh, Green Lanterns, mm-hmm. uh, huh. but there's something really unique about that is that Miles Morales became decades after Peter Parker ever existed. Yeah, everybody was getting mileage off Peter Parker, and then it was like, well, here's Miles Morales, and he's yeah. the second one. So yeah, it's fantastic. So I I, I d- highly recommend. I mean, I can give you some some books to read via Twitter or whatever, and, and give you a because there's some that you should just avoid just because they're not great. But yeah. uh, for the most part, his entrance and then the little bit of the continuity is fantastic. What does it mean? You also in, in your show uh, give a shout out to Miss Marvel. Uh, and it just so happened, like they Marvel Cinematic Universe, Miss Marvel's coming, um, played by a, a local Toronto uh, girl that's awesome. I love it. Um, but what does for you guys does representation matter as much to you guys as it does to like the kids out there? What are your thoughts on that? 
That, that, this is really interesting. I've thought a lot about this because Kamala Khan didn't wasn't around when I was a kid. And she has only been around since I've been a grown man. So all my influences were white. You know, they were, I'm a nerd, but everyone, I love Peter Parker. I love Bruce Wayne. I, I love Mad Max, but these are all white people. I never really, I guess, thought about it that way because you're young, right? But yeah. I guess when you're older, there's a lot of retroactivity that goes on when you go, oh, I didn't, I guess I couldn't fully... Uh, connect with this character as much as I wanted to, you know, mm -hmm. someone who's white could see Peter Parker and go, I'm not necessarily a small nerd, but I'm white. So I got that, you know, <laughs> I, but so I think there's something there, you know, there's, I'm not, uh, I'm not a young teenage girl, but I know what it's like to say, you know, the morning prayer and the evening prayer and have your dad, you know, go like, you know, I only want the best for you. Come on, come on. Like, you have to do your studies. Yes. So there's so much there. And the fact that she's Muslim, you know, that's a big yeah. thing. Also in the, in the comic book universe, comic books don't really deal with religion a lot. But, you know, Islam is the, the, the biggest religion in the world, mm. I believe, I think. But it's, it, it, I think it matters now to see... To know that little, I mean, in the book, Kamala looks exactly like my sister when we were kids. Wow. So now that she's going to be real, it's also nuts that I have like, Nigel and I play the Marvel Avengers video game and she's the main character in the video game. Yeah, and she calls her dad Abu and she said, you know, he's an inshallah at certain points. So yeah. it's just like, these are things that hit so hard and so close that uh, I think it's so awesome. I think it's so defining and wicked to see, finally, you know? It's, it's so specific, but it's so meaningful. Interesting. Nigel, your thoughts. You've played, you've played Black Panther in, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with uh, an old, old friend of mine, Sean Ward. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that was really fun making that uh, video. Um, listen, man. Uh, so like I, I mentioned before, because I'm, I'm, I'm the comic book guy, it's like I've been reading and, 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 and reading comic books since I've been a kid and, and a little, little kid, like, cause I could, I could, I could draw before I could read. I know that for a fact. My parents have told me that story, story a million times. So I was fascinated with the illustrations and the pictures. Uh, and to that point, it was like, well, who is out there that's like me at this point? Mm. So at this point, I mean, there's Black Panther, but he, at the time, he was so intense. Like it was just like the character is so deep that I didn't get a good understanding of what he meant and of who he was, you know, fighting with the Fantastic Four. That's how he's introduced and then with the Avengers. And then I'm finding characters like, you know, uh, in my brain, I'm watching uh, Transformers and I'm like, jazz for sure is a black guy or I'm totally. watching like, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or I'm watching like Thundercats. Listen, Panther, oh, he's the brother. You know yeah. And then we're watching, I'm going to go even deeper. We're watching uh, Silverhawks. There's, they introduce a character, I believe in the first season, but he's like way deep in the, in the episodes. That character's name is Hot Wing. <laughs> and hot he's wing? a black guy and his, his suit is kind of gold hot wing listen my point is <laughs> is that i had to find these other characters and it felt very sometimes it felt um 
at the time I didn't know the word, but felt tokenized or felt like they were just kind of put in there. It's like, oh, well, here's the black guy. Here's the black person, a person of color. Yeah. So as I'm growing up and getting older and then I'm reading more books and I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, those are still the same characters. There's, there's, there was no, there's no real addition to these characters. So now, uh, as I'm getting to be, you know, grown ass man, we're seeing that these characters are no, not only put there as part of the team or leaders of teams, but they have more depth to them. And they're there for a reason. It's not like they're just thrown in to be a part of the team anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and with, with Black Panther, I mean, we have characters like, you know, Vixen. We have Jon Stewart, who's uh, one of the Green Lantern Corps. Like we have all these other characters that can support and, can, and have had their own titles. So it means a lot to go to the theater or to read a book now that has a character featured or even uh, uh, Rhodes, um, uh, Lieutenant Rhodes, um, the Iron Man, he played War Machine. You know, yes, Don yes. Cheadle played him in the movies. So it's like, it feels so comfy now to just read a book or to watch something or to play a game, like Chris was saying, we can play it. And it's like, Chris knows these references that I don't, and I love it. I love that finally there is characters that can speak to different cultures and ethnicities. Yeah, and Captain that isn't just white. black guy now. Yeah, so that's Sam Wilson, which is Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon, yeah. exactly. Uh, that's, that's wild, in the US of today. Yeah, Captain America's a black guy. Well, I mean, the show hasn't come out yet, so no. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. that we'll surprising, see. man. Yeah, true, true. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But listen, let's, 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 uh, let's get to your show that you guys uh, released last year, at mm. the end of last year, beginning of this year. Yeah. Congratulations on that, BitPlayus. Thank you, Thank sir. You. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, I guess Chris, you create, you sort of led it, and then the both of you sort of came together to uh, to write it out and stuff. Why, why in 2019? Why was that the right time to sort of create something for your for yourself of your own? Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily the right time. It was just maybe I was sick of having no work, and I've always heard my whole life, "Hey, you want to do something, do it yourself." So I guess this was the first thing that I was just like, uh, "Okay." It was an idea that stuck in my head, and I was like, "Okay, well, if everybody's saying this, let's let's try and do it." Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope you liked it. Did you like I it? Did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I thought it was, like tons of questions came in my head. Obviously, I'm thinking, okay, these guys are, these guys love video games. Yeah. Like, like definitely. Um, well, that was, I mean, that was also my thing. Like I thought to myself, you know, my big thing, and I always say this, I, I, it was just a thought after a lot of my frustration of, uh, as is reflected in the show, but a lot of my frustration with, uh, going out for auditioning for the same stereotype role, the cab driver, the tech help, the doctor, the this, the that. Uh, Nigel can sing the same song. Uh, and just really going, look, we live in a country that doesn't have uh, uh, brown or black folk as the main character. And when they do, it's about being that skin yeah. color. So, you know, I never watched uh, Little Mosque on the Prairie Yes. Uh, because I wasn't interested in them being brown, I guess. Uh, I was just interested in them being themselves. So the idea came up with going, you know, I, I, this is more to your point, actually. You know, the idea came up, and, and I think why it works well now in 2019 is because we have all these shared references now. And because we have people like Kamala Khan and Black Panther, people that 
are are not just on the fringe of pop culture, but are now pop culture, if not just culture, period. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think Nigel and I, uh, this was something that was really easy for us to kind of create and just be nerds and talk about yeah. video games and comic books. But then also know that we want to do these nerdy references with something behind them and not just have them kind of, I always say this and people might chop my face off, but family guy has a lot of kind of just like empty jokes. You know what I mean? They'll cut away to Boba Fett for their punchline. But I think we can't just use a reference as a punchline. We have to use it within the world or it meaningfully. Why are we using this reference? Why does it work now? Yeah. And so I think now also 2019 we're, you know, the nerds are the popular kids now. Yeah, and, we do it. Right? We're doing it. <laughs> we did it. Long. You have no idea how long I, I've been waiting for, you know, for this, for this time, for this era where nerds I can finally come world. out of the of the yeah of the comic book store and just be like who you who you looking at suckers look at me (laughs) so i mean i think i think you know we we probably hit a really good uh hot part of just pop culture and just where everybody kind of is at mentally too Mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh a lot of themes a lot of stories that you tell in there that i sort of want to want to ask you about um there's there's the part uh nigel where it's the episode of what is it uh white it's the white privilege yeah episode um where chris like you're in an airport dancing around and and then nigel starts dancing with cops yeah and as i was watching that i go okay nigel seems very comfortable in, in that scene. And then I think I read somewhere today that it was actually a very uncomfortable and, and hard scene for you to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where you read that, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It was, uh, it was a long, it was a, it was a, it was a tough day, man, because uh, first of all, shout out to Daryl Faria for, for that for that uh, episode and for the for those two scenes because he was um, he was magic uh, directing us and directing everybody on that day, um, yeah man because I've had my challenges and my issues with cops in real life with the police in real life and uh, I mean I grew up in Cambridge Ontario I'm not saying it's the, uh, the there is diversity there let's I'm just gonna say that obviously yeah. it's not crazy diverse right <laughs> but i did have my five black friends um but <laughs> but but i'm just saying like there there was still the the run-ins that i've had and i've had some run-ins up north that's no surprise when i say up north i don't mean i mean barry and past yeah not young and eglinton oh, yeah yeah no, yeah 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 i wanted to give some geographic to that just so everyone is. yeah you know what I mean? and why i wasn't barry we don't need to talk about it uh i love camping whatever um i own a cottage surprise okay look so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a rich black man believe it or not yeah, I was um, gonna say. <laughs> so i just uh so you know it, it was it was hard because i just didn't know how to feel and 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 daryl did an amazing job of like you know not only um, grounding me, but make helping me use those feelings of this, like, I don't want to say trauma, because it wasn't as much as, it wasn't so far as traumatic, but yeah. it was just the, just remembering and just like the visual, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't lose my mind on set or anything. It was just more like, man, what is this going to say? How is this going to come across? Are we doing this the right way? Are we sending the right message? 
And I also want to give a shout out to my boy, Chris, right here, because he, as we were writing the, this series and these episodes, he was one of the people, obviously the catalyst that just pushed me to get more and more out of my comfort zone to write this thing and to do this thing and to be in this thing. Mm. So it was a tough day, but I, it turned out so well, man. We had a great time. Chris, there's an episode where you wanted to be known as in, like you were, you're trying to pass off as an Indian guy. Yeah. To have sex with a white girl. <laughs> Didn't work. If Didn't I work knew out. this in high school, Chris. I know, right? <laughs> Dude, man. I didn't know that was the magic. It just had to be Indian. <laughs> oh, just, just with specific white women. Just with specific. Just with the ones that. The Beckys, like, as, as you that's call right, them. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Do you, have you, I mean, you talked about sort of, you know, the, the, the roles that you get, but um, has, has that been, like how, I, 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 can't, I, I can't speak for you, I, I don't live in your shoes or anything, but um, like how frustrating is that to try to have in the back of your mind, I need to be somebody else, forget about sleeping with a white woman, but I need to be somebody else to, to sort of go forward in, in what I want to do in my life. I th oh, that's a great, like, what to reflect on. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I guess, I mean, you could speak to this too, Kareem, I'm sure. There's, there's, I think there's a level of suppression that a lot of people of color go through because we all go through the micro and the macro and the, mm. and the big aggressions and this. And I think from childhood, all of us brown folk, Asian folk, black folk, we've all learned to take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? I, I, now, again, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but I think for me also too, it was what was really, um, and I want to dive into this more if we ever get a second season, but what, what I've always grew up with was the switching from, because uh, I'm half brown, I'm half Pakistani. My mom was white. So I was never really brown enough, but I was never really white enough. So my sisters and I always rode this line in the middle where you, you, you never, yeah, you, you choose where you, f where you fall, but, and then you don't really, but you don't know how the reaction is going to be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not, I can't pass as white. That's for sure. Um, but when I go to, you know, my family and I took a trip to Morocco uh, last year, actually, at the beginning of this year, not last year. Yeah, I was like, dude, <laughs> yeah, man, holy man, it was this year. But everywhere in Morocco, people were like, "Hey, are you Arabic? You are my brother." Of so, course, it, yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, again, there's, I think, there's something that just we, people of color, have learned to deal with the um, idiosyncrasies of the world. And you know, in a weird way, man, I think that's how I process it. I process it through comedy. And I guess it comes out, you know, it galvanizes itself in a show like this. When I was a kid, I used to have a white friend whose parents wouldn't let him watch in living color. Meanwhile, oh. my dad is screaming for me and my sisters to come downstairs because in living color is about to start. So I think there's a lot to be said just by that alone. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it was, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting line to walk. I mean, what, yeah. what, you could, you, I'm sure you could speak to this as well. I, you know what? I, I, I sort of have the same uh, feelings 
uh, and thoughts that you do, Chris. And it's interesting because I just happened to interview my sister for this podcast earlier today. Oh, awesome. Um, and she's, uh, you know, she's a children's book author, uh, but she also happens to be married to a black guy who is from Atlanta, and they've got two wow. mixed kids now, right? All right, cool. And, and so I asked, like, do you, do you on purpose show them uh, different things on, whether it's on kids' YouTube or, or Netflix or whatever? And, I mean, the kids love Black Panther. They love Miles Morales. Um, she'll seek out um, ethnic, so instead of watching the same white kid scientist yeah. on YouTube, she'll seek out someone who's ethnic. Yeah. She says it doesn't have to be someone who's black like her children, but she wants to show the mosaic. She wants to show yeah, that the diversity, man. The diversity, right? whether yeah. it's color or yeah. whether it's someone in a wheelchair. Uh, that's doing something awesome or whatever they she wants to show them all this diversity so that they so that her kids never subconscious because i think it's a subconscious thing yeah. right chris you didn't grow up saying oh, fuck i'm half brown i'll never make it in comedy or i'll never make it on tv right no exactly no, right but she says that it's there's a subconscious thing there where if you actually do see diversity and it's not the same thing over and over and over again. It, almost in the back of your mind, it unlocks something where, you know, my sister would say she put out two CDs in her teens. Fantastic singer was in Joseph and the Amazing Technical or Dreamco back when Donny Osmond was Get doing it in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, what? way back, way back in the day. Nice. Um, now again, I say that, but she was in the children's choir. But regardless, <laughs> regardless, it should go on her IMDb page whenever she goes that <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, she says that all she saw in her teens was she was told, you know, and she's like, she's like you, Chris, very fair-skinned. Um, yeah. But she was told, you know, you need to be whiter, your eyes are not the right, your hair, you know, she was always told, it, it was never about her singing, it was always about you know, something superficial. Right. Right. So, so I think there is something to be said about Nigel, you got excited when we talk about diversity, right? If, if yeah. people see the diverse mosaic of, of, uh, of opportunities, um, I think that is way better than, you know, the same old, same old. That we yeah. See. I, I think it's like a, it's like we're, I, I feel like we're, the three of us are of the same age-ish. Yeah. And I feel like we've grown up with TV movies just being white, right? And we know that yeah. there's, you know, that next door neighbor who's black or that convenience store person who's, you know, East Indian. We, we, we get that, you know what I mean? But now, uh, and your sister's kids, I think, are in a very, a golden age of specifically... Uh, being shown diversity and seeing diversity in all kinds of platforms. Mm. Yeah. Like, so I pulled up this thing just now because I wanted to make sure I made note of it. So Netflix has a show called Cursed, okay? Cursed okay. is about Excalibur. I'm a huge nerd for Excalibur, like the sword in King Arthur. Like, I, I yeah. love that stuff. So I watched this thing. It's not great. It's not great. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. It's not yeah, right on, hey man. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's fun. My point is, is that it's one of the most diverse shows I've ever seen. To the point where I'm like, maybe there's just too much diversity. <laughs> Like they're just like it's too like, much. It's, I want to see a show that's too much diversity. But 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 it's it's good though because it's good to just see. I'm sure you know your sister's kids. You know, just kids can now can watch this show because it is semi you know family friendly. That you know you can watch a show and not all the people like sure everybody has British accents because that's obviously that's what we're gonna get. Right. Yeah. But but at least we're getting all kinds of different. Uh, colors and shades that are fighting for the same army or the same team, you yeah. know, that are these people are all the woods people and these people are all the townspeople, but there is just this melting pot. So I just, I feel like, you know, for your sister to search out a scientist that's of color or just something different, yeah. it's fantastic because it also tells the kids, hey man, I could be that. Because we, when, when kids are super young, I'm going to assume Chris stopped me from wrong, but like they can just absorb things and be like, oh, well, and they don't tell you, but they're like, oh, maybe this is what I want to do or what I want to be. You don't know it until later until you have a random conversation with them. Yeah. But it's because it's been stemmed from something else. I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't know if there was any black artists out there, yeah. black illustrators. Cause I was watching Disney movies that everybody was white in Disney movies. So I was like, well, it's white people making them. So I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna move on. You know I, mean? I, know, I can't when... get over this idea of a show that has too much diversity there. <laughs> Wait. Is that like Hamilton? You think Hamilton people went to see it and be like, wow, this Whoa. Is, this what is good, the heck bro. is this? Woo. You got Puerto Ricans up there too. Whoa. Too diverse. Hashtag too diverse. Hashtag too. This shit is too diverse. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you start that hashtag, guys. So no, 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 no. Oh, no, I'll take that one, Nigel. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll spearhead that one. But Nigel, when you said that, yeah. it actually reminded me of my favorite. Um, Marvel Netflix show, which was Luke Cage. Yeah, right. Dude, when that came out, um, it was because it wasn't white. There was so much, but by and when I say color, there was so much uh, uh, color. Not not you know the people's skin color, but there was just so much color in it. It was just so different. It was so new. Oh, dude, every single episode, the music was the best. The way people dressed was the best. Uh, it was like the culture, the barbershop, like everything was just like, this is the best TV show ever. <laughs> oh, I think you're on I mute. Can't. What happened to your mic, Nigel? You're, you're Sorry, my bad, my bad. I'm an amateur, <laughs> amateur. My mic is too diverse. Um, After seven months, you think you can zoom by now. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> What I what I love is that we're on Zoom, so nobody can see you. Oh, but you're you're describing Luke Cage like it's the best meal you've ever had. Like your eyes were closed, and you're just you were smiling, and you're like, it it's the so best. delicious. It was, but it's great because it was it was a shout out to you know that that golden era of of black black movies. I don't want to say black exploitation per se, but just that like '70s era where, where everything is super heightened and everything looks so great. The colors, like you said, were fantastic, and the music was the bomb, and the story was was good, and it was about a black neighborhood. You know what I mean? And a black yeah. hero. It's awesome. You know, it's funny you say black exploitation. You heard that quote from Eddie Murphy where he was like, do, I, do you think, because you know how who, that latest movie he did about. Um, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The, 
Yeah. Uh, my yeah. name is uh, Don't Call Me Old Man. I can't oh, believe I forget yeah. it. Dolmite, Dolmite. Dolmite. They were asking him about exploitation films, and he was like, no, man, I don't think those films were exploitative of black people. Those were made by black folks. Starring That's a thing. I think these movies now are exploitation. <laughs> Look at Green Book and fucking La La Land. Those are exploitation <laughs> movies. Yeah. True. <laughs> I, uh, now, we're, now we're on the, on the topic of black movies. I thought one of the best movies, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, was Black Klansman. What, yeah, a, yeah. what a movie. That was I mean, like, that's Spike Lee. You can't go wrong with Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah. And he's got that signature camera thing that he does. It's like yeah. people are floating in the air or whatever. We yeah, have did that you notice privilege. when we did that in our show? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember when you did it. <laughs> you have that in your show? Damn it. Yeah. It's just how much we're nerds. That was I mean, in the movie I was theater. Very... In the movie theater. That's right. When you're going, right when you're going up. The privilege that was episode. So hilarious. Your yeah. face. It's like you're looking back. <laughs> <laughs> That was hilarious. That was just our love of Spike Lee. So I was like, I want a Spike Lee shot. I want that stereotypical Spike Lee shot. So yeah. we thought that there's a good place to put it, right? It's yeah. a, you, you got to pick your moments. Why does that reference fit there? So yeah, yeah, that was that that was great. Uh, dude, we could we could talk like forever about all these all these movies <laughs> and stuff, man. Um, yeah. Cannabis culture is also in this show a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, Chris. Obviously, you like your weed. Yes. Um, what, <laughs> yes. Um, what I, I'm curious about sort of the, the process. I know it's on CBC Gem, so they're probably, I'm assuming they're, they're more relaxed on, on what they're, what, what, what comes out on the Gem side, but like, yo, man, they gave us weed, man. <laughs> Wait, no, Chris, no, you can't say, you can't say <laughs> that. You can't, that's right, no, that's no, where no. your tax monies go, everybody. Wait, no, no, you can't say that, dude. You can't say that. Providing no, no, no. onset weed, man. It was fake. It was all fake weed. They it's gave all us fake weed. They gave us fake weed. <laughs> Don't smoke it. It's it the worst. Pretty gross. It was all fake. It weed. was disgusting. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what What is the process like doing doing a CBC Gem show? Do you you get the money from all these different funds and they just hey, let's go, man? Up. You know what's so funny? Like uh, uh, to your point, I was like, "Yo, can we swear this much? Can we smoke this much fake weed?" <laughs> and God bless. So we, I have to give the biggest shout out to the people we love at LaRue Entertainment was the production company behind this. And our dear friend that we work with so closely, Andrew Ferguson, we call him Ferg. I was like, Ferg, can we smoke all this weed? Can we say all this shit? He was like, yeah, dude. So that's, <laughs> that's real weed. For the web, weed bro. No, no, it's not real weed. It's not real weed. Not or, real or is it like TV weed, like TV cigarettes and all that stuff? Yeah, it's yeah. TV weed. I actually asked him, I was like, yo, man, why don't we just smoke real weed? Because that's all we do anyway. You know, Ferg, he, he runs the place and he's the biggest stoner. He's a productive stoner. He's productive. That's what happened when productive. But he was like, no, because you guys are going to get all lazy and. <laughs> you don't know I, rem I remember that conversation and that's 1000% what happened because I know for a fact that I would get two lines in and I just be like, you know, let's just, yo, y'all want to just come on my video and just play video games or what? Not me. I'm a productive stoner like Ferg. I'd be like, okay, next take guys set up over there. The lights go, the lights go, damn it. Oh. Man, chill, man. Chill. Look, we got some video games. Let's play some video games. And then be rolling man. another one. <laughs> But yeah, it was awful. It was, I mean, the fact of the matter is that we could do anything we want. And we were just like, let's take advantage of that. Yeah. Listen, man, we 
we went to Comic-Con, dude. Well, uh, AKA Fan Expo, the Canadian Fan Expo. And Chris and I had always had that idea in the script and we wrote that in the script. And to the film only, it at Fan Expo. Yeah, and the only thing that changed was kind of like the, the stuff that was inside of it, but, but it was still there. Like we still made it happen, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. only thing that was really different was just a little bit of the content, uh, the story that was inside of Fan Expo, but it was still there because we wanted to go. I mean, I go every year, I'm every year. And this is the first time I got to go in cosplay. And I, it was mind blowing, but it's just like, go further, go further. CBC even said, go further. So really? we did, yeah, there's a couple moments where they're like, could we go further just to see what happens? And then we would, we would, and they'd be like, this is perfect. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, our very first episode we wrote, we were in line to get a signature at Comic-Con because we thought, you know what? We should keep this to one place. Let's mm-hmm. just be in line. We thought we we thought we could get out where we were and who we were in line as a comic. But then CBC was like, yo, this is too static. Like, go everywhere in the Comic-Con. And we were like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Was it a proper camera or did you like stealth? It was proper. No, I mean, it was, it was Chetty's uh, DSLR, wasn't it? Yeah, but he had it on like a rig and stuff. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. it, it wasn't, it wasn't as aggressive. It, it was yeah, the it mobile. Like a yeah. Red cam or anything. Yeah. Like. It was just like, you know, he had it on his steady and stuff, <clears throat> handheld steady. But um, we weren't shy from it. We made sure everybody knew what we were doing inside okay. everything. And oh, okay, like, okay, it was okay. a legit, yeah, it was a legit thing. And so they, uh, everybody knew what was up. Um, but it, everything in there is like, is real time like people their reaction and like you know how we interact with them nothing was hey you know set up you know everything was just like real time so it was great nigel what was it written that in every episode but the last one you'd wear a shirt buttoned right to the top <laughs> that's that's just me dude <laughs> <Is it> really <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's the and, and another <laughs> thing is people that know us watch the series and we're like yeah that's them i mean obviously we're there's a lot of moments if not 90 percent of the, of the thing is very heightened yeah but it's it's us though it's and when the shirt is buttoned to the top dude yeah. if we go out when we go out when all this is over my shit's gonna be buttoned to the top you'll see man my color better in real life than he does on the show let's just say that <laughs> my shit always buttoned up to the top yeah. man <laughs> i was wondering whether i said okay is this how he is <laughs> but, then, but then in the last episode, there I don't know if it's throughout, but you're you're it's not buttoned. Yeah. So that, was that on purpose? Uh, yeah, there's two reasons. One, that shirt was too tight. Uh, a brother got I got a little swole. You know, I got a little. <laughs> I, got a little I was working out at the same time. Uh, and um, yeah, it just it for everything that was going. There was just so many things happening that day, and it was super hot too that day. Okay. So it just it was just like a. Yeah. Here I am trying to read something into it. No, nope. it was you also don't... symbolic because Ahmed was in his life. So That's now, true. you know, he's so uptight now that Ahmed is gone. He's gone. Really let loose That's today. true. I can be a little bit more relaxed. That's right. Relaxed. You know, on, you know, yeah. He's dating Bex now. Yeah, he's dating <laughs> That's right. Now, there has to be yeah. a season two because it's like season one ends off on a very sad note. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> We need people's money for a season two. <laughs> yeah. All those people in the credits that, that you sort of thank. It was like, I think both of your families, the Siddiqui family here, 
downer family on the other end. Yeah. You got to go back to them. Yeah, man. You got to start digging in deep pockets. You would think <laughs> you'd be able to write a whole other season and during a quarantine, but. Yeah. What, what are you like, learning how to use Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what, what, what do actors do during quarantine? Are you doing a lot of voiceover stuff? I I do some voiceover stuff, not not a ton. Um, honestly, you know what? What actors do over a quarantine is we self-tape so much. I think right now, because the entertainment industry is really like chomping at the bit to get back to business and yeah. film the seventh Jurassic Park movie that we apparently need. Um, so they have us just doing self-tapes. In a weird way, it's this beautiful blessing because we don't have to go... You know, we don't have to spend a day learning these lines and then stress out the day of and then spend 45 minutes getting to the place and then sit there and go in a room where two people are watching you from behind a table and they're micro judging you for 45 seconds and then you leave <laughs> and have to think about what you did in those 45 seconds for the rest of the day. This is just like, oh, I can do it at home. You know, buy my pizza and then great. I can go smoke a dude now. Chris actually booked that. He booked it by my pizza. He booked that job. He booked that job. It's crazy. Did he get it? Did you get it? <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know what's so funny? I make so much fun of Murdoch mysteries, and during the quarantine, I booked a role on Murdoch mysteries. You know isn't what I played? That, the tech help. <laughs> Which was weird because it was like, "Yo, Murdoch, man, you should have this stuff." <laughs> Oh my goodness! Isn't Mur Isn't that one of the longest running Canadian TV shows now? Yeah, I think so. Dude, I was in its fourteenth season. Holy shit! Okay, yeah. man, Braggy McBaggerton. I mean, listen, <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. That's make, not a flex, don't, man. I mean, listen, li listen. Why don't we talk about how uh, your boy here was on May Day, uh, the twenty-first season? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that show. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah man it's a sad on the state discovery. of affairs when murdoch mysteries beats out mayday yeah. <laughs> on the discovery channel man it's all good oh I mean, man I, well I, you were on I, the killjoys i was on killjoys yeah that was super fun that was really that's fun. got like a huge fan following yeah 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 that was great that was cool it, it's i always i love the process man like i love i love when i, I get that opportunity when like what i book and then you get to go to a, a fantastic set like it's wild because that sets like in Etobicoke and then you walk into this building and like within, you know, uh, three or four feet, all of a sudden you're just transported into this other world that, that people have just, you know, poured blood, sweat and tears over to create for you that you've been watching. It was so wicked to be on that show. It's really cool. Really cool. So here, here's a question I'm sure you've been asked so many times. Um, why are you guys still in Toronto? Is there is there a desire to go to LA to go to like obviously not now I guess but is there a desire to to go to LA where it's just so huge that I don't know if opportunities come knocking on your door instead of you knock why stay in Toronto I mean yeah there's a, a desire there's a big desire we have tons of friends who have moved out there. I think the desire is, is 
you want to kind of go where the work is, which is sad to say that there's just not that much work here. You know, we had to make work for ourselves. We had to make a show for ourselves. Um, it just seems like in LA, that's, that's where you go. That's where you do the thing. And I think the other thing too, is like, you know, in America, LA is like, like it's, it's the Mecca of entertain the entertainment industry. So in America, you could just pack up your car and drive there. Yeah. Um, and so, so many people go there with the dream of becoming big, but yeah. I think they spend most of their time there like working and getting the talent rather than becoming big. Right. Mm-hmm. I think as Canadians, we just don't, you know, I have my own personal feelings about the Canadian entertainment industry and how we fund our artists and stuff like that. I think it's really weird that we just, all of our art movies has to go through funding and like government stuff. There's no private money in entertainment. Now this is to say that there's not a huge population in Canada, but I think it also goes to show like things like CBC gem or crave or things when you make that original programming to be like, just, just make it. Don't, I'm going to get my ass handed to me on this, but stop making Murdoch mysteries because there's <laughs> other shows that kind of deserve that time, that voice, that money, that creative interest, that focus. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you think the well is really that deep for Murdoch mysteries to keep di- dipping into and get the stories out of. I don't think so. So I think it just in LA in America, really that's a business. Like that's a huge business is the entertainment business. And there's definitely desire. There's definitely, I've been thinking that when all this is done and we can go, me going like, I'm going to get some paperwork going so I can do something there. I don't know about living there, but I yeah. want to definitely try my hand there. Cause I mean, we old now we old, but I think that also <laughs> gives us a lot of notches on our belt as well. So we, can we go just... down there with stuff rather than just going there going, I'm going to make it. We can actually yeah. go like, no, no, I have, a tool set behind me and I'm, I'm really good at stuff. Yeah. Which is weird because like all of these. (laughs) Yeah. I waved. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to, but they shut the door too fast. (laughs) Um, Like all of these very popular American shows are made up here. Um, Not all of them, but a lot of them are. So I, I was like curious whether, Chris, your answer, maybe Nigel, your answer will be, well, why go there when they're all coming up here? Um, well, I, I mean, mean <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, like, Nigel's been on Killjoys. I've been on The Boys. Like, that wouldn't have, I love The Boys, and I got to be on it because it's here. So, yeah, there's a beauty in that. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the uh, um, a majority of these sh- TV shows uh, that have, you know, or shot in Vancouver. That's it's not a, it's not a mystery. Everybody everybody knows that. So um, uh, quite a few like you know CW shows specifically, you know are are shot uh, in Vancouver. So we'll do the self tapes here in Toronto and try and, and try and land a part you know on there or some of the shows now are coming in. Have always been in Toronto, but like I wouldn't say as many. But we do our part, man. But I mean. Everything that Chris said is, is kind of on the nose is kind of correct, not even kind of is correct. So it's as much as we both as much as I want to go to the States. I know a big part of me has to start from the from the bottom 
and then build up again. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I'm not, this isn't an ego thing. This has nothing to do with, you know, my pride or anything. It's just like the amount of work that it took me to get to this, to the level that I'm at now, which I, I, which I still want to work on. I still want to keep going. I want to keep growing. I want to learn more. I want to perform. I want to build more shows with my friends. One of the best things that best parts of bit plays was the fact that Chris and I could get our friends onto the show. Yeah. Like, dude, there's, there's, there's nothing like it. Like I've been on other friends shows, but then to have your own and then, then you know how it feels, you know, to have them want to be on your show is amazing. And literally if the world if our entertainment biz, if Canada, if we did that and just kind of handed out those parts to our friends and then everybody gets their own show, this we might be making a, a boatload of cash between all of us. Or <laughs> at least enough to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, we just by accident create a star system. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which we don't have here, yeah. which is another problem. So... So I mean, you know, as much so as I want to those You say, sorry, Nigel, I was just going to yeah. say, because as you're talking, you know, I was thinking to myself and I thought this earlier is like, we're Toronto, we're in all your movies, we're in yeah. all your shows. Why, why, why can't the, the, the gatekeepers here see like, look at these people, you know, I was in an Aaron Sorkin movie a couple of years ago. Like these movies, you know, Gilmero del Toro comes here and films, um, you know, Fishman sex movie whatever <laughs> around the corner like yeah. these movies, the boys is like we're looking yeah. at roy thompson hall as the superhero meeting room you know what i mean like yeah all of us are in these american shows all of us are in these american movies there's something to be said about that yeah mm-hmm. that is that is really interesting guys thanks so much oh man for- thank you pal yeah thanks for having us man this, this- is a blast this was a blast. I love talking to people that, that sort of grew up in comedy and, and sketch and stuff like that. So thank you so much for indulging me and uh, for spending, uh, spending your evening with me. Before I let you guys go, uh, we want as many people to watch a bit players as possible. I know it's on Amazon Prime uh, down in the, in the U.S. So Prime Day just finished. So hopefully people go check that, that show out as well in as the in the U.K. UK. Yes, in, in the UK, where all the where all the Indians are from. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Actually, yeah, Yo, all my family's the, there. The Indian food in 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 Britain is unreal. Oh yeah, it's unreal. That's because well, they were kicked out of their house. They're like, oh, you want to cook here? Okay, fine. <laughs> Bring me more butter, more, more, more. Uh, what is it? Alu globi. Alu globi. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Writing, writing that bit, Chris was like having the best time, and I'm like, the fuck is it? What is it? What are we? Love what is this it, thing, yeah. man? What is going on? It's so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> okay, wait. I need to ask you this. I'm sure it's an inside joke, or, or maybe it's not. But the two of you call each other on the show, my love. <laughs> yes. Okay. What's up with that? It is a term of endearment. I started doing that years ago with my friend Jesse. We just started started calling each other love and lover. You are my lover. I love you so much. And it would just it just stuck. It's a, just a sweet. I don't know. You never see two hetero cis males talking that way. Yeah. Uh, so I thought uh, it's just a it's just a it's just friend. Uh, what do you call it? Short form or yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, two, you know, two buds, whatever, just like a nicknamey kind of, you know, and, and, and Chris and I joke around all the time. I mean, 
after this pod, I mean, we literally will probably get on Xbox and start playing some video games. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we're in communication that much. Actually, we did do that. I would say almost every day after shooting our series, because that's just the way we are. We're just, yeah. you know, we're just super great friends. Yeah, funny, man, yeah. We never we checked in. It was like, Hey, good day, man. You did so great in this scene. We were just like, yo, what are you playing right now? <laughs> yo, see you Check on this Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was so sweet at that last episode. Chris, your character turns around and goes, my love? Yeah, and then just <laughs> Nigel just takes off. I know, big cliffhanger. Big yeah. cliffhanger. So give us your money. <laughs> big players on CBC Gem. Everybody go check it out. Also on Amazon Prime in the US and UK. Chris, Nigel, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you Kareem. Great talking to you, brother. All right, great time, dude. All right, good night. Chris, see you online. Peace. Yeah, see you, Nudge. Yeah.